When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. This is the Transfer Show here on the Blue Room on YouTube. We are live. On Friday night, uh, myself and Rob Vera have got nothing better to do than sit and talk about Everton transfers that may or may not happen. To be fair to you, Rob, actually, it's not Friday night in the States, is it? You, you could yet go out and have a, a bit of a wild one. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's not even lunchtime yet. So, um, But unfortunately, I've been awake since about God, 5 o'clock this morning just because I felt like... A, a little bit like a kid on Christmas with all that, that ner- the nerves of, you know, trying to figure out whether or not uh, my, my, my dad ended up springing for the uh, Millennium Falcon or my, my or Santa delivered the red bike. You know, I think that's, I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. So, uh, you know, just a, I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm like a lot, I think I'm like a lot of people. I'm a little nervous, but I'm, I'm mostly hopeful. I'm not really nervous about two of the three. I'm just nervous about the one, and I'm trying to will it across the line by wearing my Columbia shirt today. <laughs> well, we, we, you know, just there for everybody out there as well. Of course, we are live on YouTube. It'd be great to get everybody else's comments, just serious or not, whether you're worried about any of these deals, um, whether you're excited about them, what, what you think's going to happen. You know, we've already seen a few rumours about Hamers that are starting to do the rounds, albeit none of them I don't think at this point should be taken anywhere near seriously. Of course, uh, I think Sky reported today that he's been in his hotel room most of the day and as such, people are thinking the worst immediately. Um, but, you know, obviously the case of the show, no specific agenda in regards to what to talk about, to be honest, speaking about the three lads who are coming in, most likely. But um, effectively a blank canvas. You guys let us know what you're thinking, how you're feeling what you're doing this weekend, what you're doing tonight, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So just just keep interacting in the comment box and, and me and Rob will be here. But uh, just before we hit record there, Rob, you were, you were sort of saying a, a little bit that you're getting, getting anxious about one deal in particular, and, and that is the, the Rodriguez one. Um, you know, what, what, what's getting you a little bit nervous about that? You know, it's probably... It, it's probably nothing logical. Um, it is... It is one reporter uh, from Colombia who is kind of, he's not really saying that it's off or anything. He's just kind of alluding to the fact that things seem to have stopped for some reason. And that uh, even though the medical has been passed and all of this, that uh, Hamas Rodriguez, this is uh, Pipe Sierra from, uh, I believe he's based out of Bogota. Um, I, you know, I, I think that um, I think whenever you're dealing with a, a transfer of this magnitude, and let's let's be really honest, uh, outside of I guess maybe you could argue the return of Wayne Rooney, um, and even that's a little different, frankly. I, this is the biggest, just pure name celebrity, uh, you know, media magnet, whatever you want to call it, that we've signed in a long time, and so I think mm. that there's always the sense that that with something like that, that a, 
we don't know what to expect. B, we're informed by our PTSD from Everton deals uh, in the past. <laughs> and C, I think that there just could, I think there's this, this bit of doubt that occurs or where we begin to create a, we, we begin to create a reality to fill the void of not hearing anything <laughs> that is generally informed by our own cynicism. I, you know, I would, I would say too that with Thomas Rodriguez, whenever you're dealing with a player of this magnitude coming from Real Madrid and, you know, just, I, I think there's this idea that we all kind of feel like, I think we've all been kind of going through that thing the last several days of is, is Hamas Rodriguez really signing for Everton? And so until it's done, I think there's a lot of people that think, well, you know, what if it, what if it is too cold on Mercy's side? What if, it, what if uh, the family has suddenly objected? What if it's, you know, all these things that sound really silly, uh, but we're just, I think a lot of us aren't going to feel great until it's done. I, I don't tend to believe... I, I tend to believe that this is so far down the line. It's been confirmed uh, as, as, as a goer so many places by so many reputable journalists. I mean, my goodness, you just had an extensive conversation with Sid Lowe the other day, you and Mike Ashes. So I, I, I tend to think this is going to get done, that these may be just last minute logistical things and language issues with the contract as opposed to uh, suddenly uh, Real Madrid coming to their senses and saying, you know what? I can't believe, we can't let him go. <laughs> so, uh, I, <laughs> Just don't I, let him leave. This hotel room, unless he's going to, yeah, unless he's going to sign, do not let him out to that hotel, whatever you do. How, just, how is the just, Titanic hotel, Matt? Is it, is it like a pretty sweet oh, hotel? Absolutely. He just wants to hang out, you know? And, and it, uh, is, it is really good. It's got, got a nice bar area there. You know, you can see out towards where our new stadium is going to be built and all that. Maybe he's just, he's just taking it all in. In that regard, so you, yeah. you never know. And just, 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 just to quickly point something out, Rob, we didn't move this forward today because we're expecting any sort of announcement to come at five o'clock or or anything like that. Rob, Rob is literally tapping his nose there, but you know, I'm just kidding. Um, no, we didn't know anything. It is purely for <laughs> for the logistical reasons. So anyone expected us to reveal anything really exclusive? Unfortunately, we don't have that sort of uh, pulling power and that sort of sorts of stuff going on with the football club. Uh, let's read through some of the, the, these comments. In fact, one thing they want to ask people, um, obviously this probably isn't going to collapse. We still expect Hamas to, to join. Um, what's your favourite Everton transfer story that got to the end of being pretty much done and then fell through at the last minute? Because it has been a lockdown in the years, but my favourite's got to be, I saw Alan Myers tweet about this today, Fabrizio Ravanelli, who was at the football club, was there pretty much ready to sign and, and eventually it fell through for, for, for other reasons. So there's been loads of down the years. Let us know your favourite ones. Uh, but just so, so someone on the Twitter box there said, James isn't happening, is it? Come on, let, let's stay calm. Life of Venus said, is it a good breath? Is it a Merseyside hotel room from Live of it? I'm assuming to me, it seems like he's been at the Titanic. Paul Hewitt has said Rodriguez would sign his contract, apparently. <laughs> Stephen Quinney has said, hoping they're just going to do a triple reveal, so quite chilled about a small delay. I'm pretty much in the, in the same bracket. Uh, and then Jay Pat saying, all three will happen. Ames is a global star, probably something to do with image rights and whatnot. Uh, Paul Hewitt on the transfer, uh, deals that fell through, said, Muller, do, do you know about that one, Rob? Uh, I've, I've heard about it over the years, but uh, I, I don't I, I don't recall how close that actually ever was to becoming a reality. Mm, it was it was reported on the front page of the Liverpool Echo that Everton was signing him, um, <sighs> and then it fell it fell through. It, it's something to do with his agent told him the salary salary he would be getting, and then that was after that was before tax, and then he realised. Yeah. during the negotiations that uh, he wouldn't be getting anywhere near as much money as he thought. So he decided not to sign for us. Hey, Matt, one thing I would point out too, and this is um, all we're really left with is to kind of uh, spitball and, and wildly speculate, irresponsibly speculate perhaps on this. Um, but I, and I, I talked about this, a little, we kind of alluded to the, when we, I was on the kick about Keith and Keith and uh, Les yesterday, and, and we just talked about you know just the kind of immense nature of of how you know how big of a star Hamas Rodriguez is, especially in this part of the world, but more specifically and obviously in South America. 
I, I feel like Everton have um, on a day like this, and I grant you that in a world of Twitter that you only really have a 24-hour news cycle, right? But when you're about to sign this guy, uh, you want to maximize the impact of the signing. Um, there, there's two things that I think are interesting today. Uh, one other thing that's going on today is the weird Lionel Messi, uh, will he, won't he, uh, is he staying, is he not thing. And some announcement. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be coming to Everton, unfortunately, mate. Is he? No. Look like. no, 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 very, very true. But the, you know, now it's, the, they're saying he's going to stay or is he? And, you know, I, it's all, it all, it all sounds like a mess there. I do wonder if that's taking some of the oxygen in the room. And, and do you want to, there's a part of me that just wonders if, if I was handling media at Everton, would I want that announcement uh, to, to be dwarfed by, you know, my big announcement uh, being dwarfed by whatever is going to happen with Messi today. Um, the other thing, though, too, I would point out, uh, we were just talking about what time it is. Uh, I'm in the exact same time zone as Bogota, Colombia. So I, I, I do partly wonder if, if uh, there is some sense that, you know, you want to maximize the impact of an announcement at a slightly more optimal time than 1030 in the morning uh, here. Uh, maybe they want to make it more of a lunchtime here, so therefore it's a, a 6 p.m. announcement uh, over over there. I, I but I, I will be honest, they're, they're I don't know if they're really working on a triple announcement because I think there's a part of me that thinks Hamas Rodriguez is probably someone who gets his own announcement. Um, mm. I would like to think. I think what I think what I would like though is at least one announcement today. Uh, one thing that Everton do, and we talked about this yesterday, is they. I'm not saying they're doing it on purpose. I'm not saying that they're trying to drag it out, but it feels like at times, and maybe this is just because we pay such close, close attention to them, but boy, it does feel like they elongate every last hurdle possible. Um, there's the legendary seven round medical. There's the, the fact that every announcement must be a, a can worthy short film submission. Um, I was t joking yesterday that when uh, Lester announced their signing of Timothy, is it Castagna? Castagna? Yeah. 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 Castagna. It, it looked like someone had built that on PowerPoint. It literally had his, a picture of him, his name, uh, his, uh, I think his position, his nationality. And it said like, welcome to Lester. And I was like, <laughs> just give me that Everton. I, I, yeah. you know, I, but, but for Hamas, you're probably expecting something so that that's my that's my uh random spitball theory about what's uh, maybe going on in, in terms of this but i i think it sounds like uh alan is going to probably be announced today since he's heading that way we've already seen him on camera heading to finch farm and uh i don't really anticipate any problems with him or to Corey. i'm not really worried about those two they'll probably announce it as, as i joked yesterday they'll announce those deals at, at uh, you know halftime when we're down two nothing to two nil to Preston tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe really, maybe really they're just keeping it home. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're just keeping it back in case we do lose tomorrow. And they figure, right, if it if it all goes tits up tomorrow, we, we you know three nil down after ten minutes again. We we need at least three signings in the bag to fuckate everybody. So maybe they're just keeping the an ace in the pack. But just before we yeah, again, people keep you know loads of comments on on YouTube. Please do keep coming them in. This, this is going to be by far Rob, Rob our, our most watched live stream ever. Look at the numbers here. So thanks everybody to to getting involved. Uh, do keep the comments coming in. Just one interesting point that you made there. I think that I would want to address before we, we get onto the comments. And um, I think you're right about that news cycle because we sort of gone. You know, when we did this show a couple of weeks ago with with Mike uh, Greenall, it was very much a case of well, there's not really anything to talk about, and we were sort of going through the, the motions, and there wasn't really much going on. And I think what's happened, it's sort of basically like someone's just hit the accelerator pretty much in the last week. And every day it's been Everton are interested in player X, Everton are interested in player Y, Everton are interested in, in player Z. And then it's Everton have agreed terms with player X, player Y, player Z. Everton have agreed a fee with X, Y, Z. And I think that when, when there's three, and there's so many different sources obviously reporting these, it just feels like the news is going and going and going. And I think what we've done now is we've got to a point where it was pretty much confirmed on Wednesday, was it? The, the core fee was agreed. And that was sort of like the last of the three, wasn't it? Where it felt like yeah. all the boxes had been ticked to get, to get these other lines. And we've had a full day yesterday where nothing's really happened. And everyone sort of assumes to themselves, well, it's going to be announced today. 
And I think maybe maybe this is why we're doing this this show now subconsciously. That I think yeah. we try and fill when, when when there's been so much going on in the last few weeks, and there's so many stories, so many talks about the play. You know, on the Boy Room this week, we put out loads of stuff of interviews and guests speaking about all these different players, sort of in the view that it's going to be announced Thursday, Friday at the latest. And what we've had is effectively two days of, of, of radio silence from, from the football club. And I think everyone goes, oh my God, what, what's happening? And then you start to see things, you start to talk about things. And that in turn leads to, to you know, to, to mad rumours effectively taking a life of their own on. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, I think, again, we are, I think we think that it's just us or we think that we're special in this way. But I think it's human nature at times to fill the void of uncertainty with your own narrative. And I think that um, we're, we're informed by a lot of things in the past that really shouldn't apply anymore. You know, the things that happened, you know, stuff that happened with a Moyes signing really isn't, you know, years ago is not particularly <laughs> applicable. I mean, I guess Bill is still there, but you know, we've got a, we've really got a completely different setup at Everton now. Um, I, I tend to think that, um, I, I tend to think that, um, that, that this is one of those instances where we have, we're, we're like you said, I think you, you make a good point. We, we've had so much news happening, so much of it feeling positive that it's almost, we're so unaccustomed to not only strong links, but then confirmations from, you know, really good media sources that I, I think that we are just almost not equipped to believe it at times. I mean, we're, you know, you even think back to a couple of years ago when we had a good window, we got Luca Dean, we got, um, you know, we felt, you know, Andre Gomez and Yari Mina. And again, you can feel however you want about those. But at the time, I remember even those, even those last couple of deals for Yari Mina and, and Gomez dragged to the last possible minute. Um, now we we're, we're we're a month from the window, guys. I, I do want to point that out. We're a you know we're a month plus from from the window closing, and we're getting deals done and significant deals at that. And it's just it's almost like we just there's a part of our brains that is not equipped to fully accept it. And so therefore, when some promises dangled out there, um, if it is not fulfilled in pretty short order, uh, we, we start to freak out a little bit. Like I, I was saying the other day, I wonder, do, do you remember, uh, God, it was like a week and a half ago, I think all of the kind of, you know, the David Ornsteins of the world and so on were confirming Gabrielle to Arsenal. And yet they didn't announce it for like another week or ten, I felt like a yeah, week or it's great plus. Show, yeah. Guys, what if that, I mean, there's, you never know. Like, I, I think we'll probably get at least one of these deals announced in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. And that's the most conservative estimate I've got. But I mean, can you imagine if we had been, I mean, if, if that had been us in that situation, I, I don't know. I feel like we will burn down the Twitter house if, if these deals aren't announced uh, before the end of the weekend. Um, and, and really, if we get to Sunday, nothing's been announced. Uh, I think people are going to start losing their shit, but I, I do think that I, I do tend to think again that the the Corey deal is done um, by every account. It's he signed it. He's done his medical. Alan, same thing. I think really the only open question right now, um, because we have not heard the sign of the dotted line, is Thomas Rodriguez because he is the most prominent one because he represents this shiny thing that we are not accustomed to having in the quote you know, we can't have nice things sort of uh, way. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, uh, just a few more comments on Twitter. For those who joined in uh, midway through, uh, I wanted everyone to, to let us know their favourite Everton transfer saga that fell through at the end there. Uh, Paul Hewitt also said Muller, uh, Mike Walker was signing him, he came in in a red jacket. Canal Desai has also said Muller when he thought he was getting gross salary, not net. And he's also said Sean Davis from Fulham dragged on for days and only for his medical not to be passed. I uh, don't want to ship people up with all this, by the way. It's just looking for, looking for funny stories in that regard. Maybe to calm people down. Uh, Graham Davis said, I worry about our club and the fact that, in my opinion, the people we have running the club, who I believe are genuine stand-up people, but business-wise, they don't have the skills and experience to steer us and maximise the situation and opportunity our club are currently in. We're saying that, but realize that the person saying that, and again, I, I, I know, I know how, I know why that sentiment is in, you know, how it's informed because I've been around this thing for a long time, but 
you know, you're now talking about, you're trying to apply that logic to Carlo Ancelotti and Marcel Brands, who even if you don't, even with Marcel, even if you don't think that you agree with all the moves he's made, he generally gets the deals done that he wants done bar the yeah. last summer with, with trying, I think he just was, you know, he tried to hold on a little too long for Kurt Zuma. But other than that, uh, you know, we're, we're still dealing with a long time until the window closes. We're dealing with someone who, by all accounts, has helped us to get these deals down in terms of price and in structure to something that we could, uh, you know, feasibly pull off. Um, that's not going to, you know, because for all the 60 million fee, you know, quoted, I think the structure and the terms of it are pretty favorable to us given everything. So yeah. I think that might be a bit unfair to say that uh, we just don't have the acumen to get these deals done. I think, I think we've already got two deals pretty much in the bag and I don't feel, I'm not worried about Alan or Decore at this point. And by the way, um, before all of the James Rodriguez stuff came up, if you had told me, uh, you know, after the last game of the season that we would be signing both DeCorey and Allen and we'd be doing it um, with over a week plus before the first game of the season, I, I would have thought, A, that you were probably completely crazy because I'm like, well, we just don't operate that way and, and we'll never get <laughs> priced down. And, and B, um, I think that we would have thought that it would have been just pro too prohibitive or whatever. I think it's a, I, I'm not trying to like soften the expectations so that when we lose homage, gets <laughs> that we're still happy because I will cry. I've been, I'm emotionally, this is the most emotionally invested I've been in a player we've, we're, we were trying to acquire since Yarmolenko. And that's Yarmolenko. Yarmolenko isn't even the same universe as Thomas Rodriguez. And yet I was so emotionally invested in it for reasons that I don't even fully remember now. Um, <laughs> so I guess my point is, is that let's, let's, let's also consider that, you know, before we start attacking the business acumen, let's realize that um, this was always going to be, this is going to, you know, if we can pull off all three, it's incredible. But even if we only somehow, even if that one falls through, it'll suck and people will, you know, freak out. I don't think it's going to fall through. Um, but, but to get two central midfield, you know, to get two huge central midfield pieces in, in a positional unit that was by far the glaring uh, weakness of our squad, I, I think is, is incredible business. And, and by all accounts, I think we're still after a right back at this point as well. So I, I think we need to just tap the brakes and, and I'll take a deep breath here. And maybe I'm talking myself into this, Matt. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I totally agree. Mate. Big, deep breath, put the brakes on, however you want to put it. I think it is fine. I don't think anyone should be worrying about these deals. Yeah, uh, just a few more comments. Uh, Jabinho has said, Stop listening to Mamacita by the Black Eyed Peas on loop to watch this. <laughs> Ian Clark has said, Emerson should put the word excruciating on the badge. Uh, just a, a couple more as well. Jamie Dodds has said, Deadline is a month away, but can't take having our black hole of the midfield take to the field against Spurs. I think Alan and the core will be done quickly, though. Yeah, I imagine they'll both be the other side. And we also had a few more transfer sagas that fell through at the last minute. <laughs> Neil Abraham said, David Moyes got a work permit for Ever Benigo about telling him. That is, that is definitely one of my favourites, Rob, that one. That was a, a ridiculous saga. Uh, Ravinelli, Matthew Barry, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Toffee Webb, Linda Lloyd, uh, good, evening, or good morning for you, at mate, wearing it, has said, uh, not necessarily a favourite, but Badis Adigia Afoe. Do you remember it, yes. Rob? Oh, I remember that. I do remember that because I remember Everton, and believe me, I can't remember a single thing about the player at this point i only remember the saga which is very on brand for me who loves the the transfer weirdness but that deal was they everton made this kind of half announcement on their site saying we have a deal in place for him but it's something about like evaluating the medicals further we'll we'll, we'll update when we can but and then it ended up falling through and i can't i believe it was over a disputed medical issue or something like that but i remember being really disappointed over a guy who i now who really is just a relatively anonymous player in premier league uh, in premier league history <laughs> i don't remember yeah. a thing about him but yeah you know conversely matt i will say this just to kind of turn that question on its head just a little bit what is, what is your favorite last second deal? Um, mine's easy. It's Marouane Fellaini. I, I oh, remember that was the one that came to my head straight away. Yeah, yeah. that one pre Twitter, and I was on some. I was at a friend's house in uh, in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. That's that's a suburb of Oklahoma City, uh, and I had attended college there. 
but I was over at a friend's, we were playing poker. Uh, it was like a poker night or something like that. And I, I was there cause that was back when it was like a mid, I think midnight, uh, over there was the deadline. I think I can't remember exactly what the deal was, but I was over there around dinner time. They had like a bad dial-up internet that was terrible, and I was just hitting refresh, 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 and and I just thought it, nothing was going to happen. And then suddenly, I think we didn't even find out until a few minutes after the deadline had passed that we'd gotten it in. And again, I didn't really know much about Marilyn Fellaini at the time, but I knew that we had to get him because that's all had been talked about, and we just need to get something done. And of course, he ended up turning into one of my all-time favorite Everton players. So that, that's probably why it sticks out the most. That one, I remember going to bed and waking up in the morning to find out it'd been done. I think the club announced it at something ridiculous, like 3 a.m. It was, it was crazy. But I, I, re- yeah. I remember what before that, what happened was Liverpool had played standard Liège in the Europa League. And he'd played in, he'd played in those games and was really impressive. And there was a photo going around, I'm sure, if you Google, if you just Google Fellaini, Steven Gerrard, you'd probably be able to find it, of him grabbing Gerrard by the face and just pull him to one side. And everyone was like, we've got to get this fella. He looks really good. He looks really good. He's got mad hair. He's six foot five. Yes. And, he, and he beats up the Reds captain. And I think it was, you're absolutely right. It was one of them where people didn't really know much. Uh, Lyndon uh, said, Fellaini was Toppy Webb's claim to fame. Had the exclusive on the cipher hours back in the day when we had actual ITK sources. There you go. Uh, do go check out Toppy Webb, of course, as well. Uh, for all the latest goings on as well. It's always a, a fantastic read. Uh, Craig Hayward said Manny Fernandez. Uh, yeah, that was that was a disappointing one. Uh, Neil Abraham and Negredo always came from Sevilla at the same time as well. Uh, a few shots for Leroy Fair. Oh, yeah. That was Leroy. an interesting one. I, I, I remember he's failed as medical and there was also the story about his missus having a horse in a flat in Manchester. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah that, that was all very insane as well so I think what we're saying is that uh, I think what we're saying here Rob is that it's uh, you know we, we've been through these sorts of things before haven't we it, yeah but you I will say Matt and I, I don't mean to totally uh, uh, throw you under the bus here but uh, earlier today <laughs> I think you might you were saying this tongue-in-cheek uh, when the Hamas stuff like when there there was this idea that he might be staying in the hotel today whatever that even means I mean that doesn't necessarily mean a thing um, you're like getting major Sissoko vibes off this thing and boy, <laughs> was one of my favorite ones too or I, I well infamous yeah. I guess I don't know if I can say it's my favorite, uh, but I remember distinctly, you know, I travel a lot for business and I remember I was commuting between flights. I think I was in Atlanta getting on a flight, uh, just staring daggers into my phone where, where you have, he agreed for Sissoko, he's coming to us. No, he's changing his mind. Like it, it, the picture that was painted online was of this car that kept driving in one direction and then turning around and driving in the other direction. And like, I just thought it was insane. And I remember being pretty, you know, kind of disappointed that Sissoko didn't sign. But then I, I think I was e- easily able to talk myself into, well, Sissoko's not that great anyway. You know, who yeah. cares? He's T- I mean, turning his, turning his phone off whenever we're trying to get hold of him was... Oh, was, God, the ultimate... <laughs> Boy, Spurs have really... Spurs have done a number on us uh, a few times. But, you know, I mean, that's just how it goes. I'm sure we've done that to some other clubs here and there. Absolutely. I've just seen there, Hamas has put an Instagram store, post on his story of his legs. And uh, I'll, I'll go, I'll go, you know, he's sort of looking down, taking a photo of his legs, looking down at the floor in trainers. And <laughs> of, of course, people on Twitter, including our friend Darren, uh, NSNO83, is Googling to see what the floors look like in the Titanic Hotel. Oh, my God. That is next level. <laughs> we are next level. Like, are we trying to determine, is this the is this the floor? Yeah, I'm looking at this, too. Uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. I just think he's having, you know, really, all he's doing is taking a picture of his shoes, is what it looks yeah. like, and, you know, adding a little fire emoji there. It, it sure does that. Let me put it this way. If there was some big hitch and some big thing had changed, it seems a bit counterintuitive to think he'd be kind of flippantly just like posting Instagram stories as if nothing was yeah. going on. Now, I will tell you, having said all of that, Matt, that I would feel much more comfortable if he would finally follow Everton on Instagram, as I've been checking over and over ah. again constantly for the last several days. Like, he, but, but here's, here's one thing that I do find uh, to be. 
somewhat uh, somewhat encouraging, and and I'm sure someone else has caught this before me. I'm not saying that I caught it first, but um, he absolutely was not following Decore like a day or two ago, and he is now. So I'm I'm going to choose to believe that that means something. <laughs> that it may mean nothing at all. <laughs> well, uh, you know, because he could absolutely not sign his contract and still follow Decore, I guess. But I mean, you know, like let's. I I just uh, this is. I want to. I want to think we're going to be laughing about all of this uh, very soon. <laughs> I've just. I've just seen that on, on Twitter. It's all, someone EFC underscore Bible has found a picture of the floor in the Thai Titanic uh, gym next to a mirror, and it looks similar to what he's put on that photo there. <laughs> EFC underscore underscore. I mean, I mean, this is. This is insane. You, you can't look. This is uh, look. You see me laugh. You see us laughing and smiling, okay? And when I get asked why I love this season so much, this is it. This is the insanity that I both love and hate all at once. But that, from you know, from a cumulative perspective, like the transfer window is greater than the sum of its parts, right? Because the the entertainment value, the drama, the emotional swings of it are certainly of greater impact almost in every case compared to the actual players we sign. Uh, <laughs> you know? And so I'm just, I, I'm, I can't help but love. Now, then there are people like Chico who just want to see this whole thing fall apart just for the pure entertainment value of it. I'm not, I am not that guy. Um, even though he is my friend, I know he's primarily doing a bit, but man, he wants to sign Hamas Rodriguez, I'm sure. But uh, the, 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 just the sheer madness of helicopter or plane tracking. I mean, my goodness, if he had taken, taken a photo uh, of those shoes next to a car, people would be looking up uh, the 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 way in which certain tires look, you know, like how tires are, are made, and like oh, I don't know, that tire doesn't look like what would be on a standard Liverpool City cab, uh, or yeah. maybe the Uber driver or something like that. I mean, it's just so nuts, but that's what makes us uh, who we are. That's why Everton Twitter has uh, sucked so many of us in over the years. Yeah, internet detected everywhere on the main. Uh, hey, by the way, guys, just for those of you who are listening, if I ever go missing, I fully expect you to employ this level of insanity to find me. <laughs> right? so you better, you know, I fully expect this level of, 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 you know, it's almost like we're treating this like a true crime or something like that. Like people oh. who are Kennedy conspiracy theorists and stuff. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit about the uh, Don't Fuck With Cats program on Netflix, where they like went, went around and like looked at every street light in, was it in oh. Toronto to try and find out where that, where that fella lived, yeah. Uh, Graham Davis jokingly said he's got Adidas socks and shorts. I'm not humble. Ah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it looks like the Titanic Gym 4, hopefully. Anyway, uh, just a couple more things, uh, and then we'll get to some of your, your questions. Uh, Dave Marcus said, Nigel Martin, the first time round, not being given a hamper of hot foods by Johnson and heads to lead to the best years of his career. Yeah, God, mm-hmm. things would have been so much better for Everton if they were able to get, they were able to get him through the door. Um, one other thing, Rob, I wanted to speak to you about this, you know, on a more serious topic, and I thought it was really nice point you made, and you know, really sweet and probably quite important as well, was how you sort of looked at these players coming in. And obviously, we've got Yerry Mina, Bernard, Richardson at the football club already. And um, just bring your tweet up here. I'll read it out uh, verbatim. I said to be saying uh, this Latino Evertonian is filled with pride seeing the recent influx of Latin American players into a previously, let's face it, vanilla stale squad. The relatively emerging diversity in Everton makes us more appealing to a wider audience, and that can only be a good thing. I just thought that was really sweet, and then in the same sense, really important. Well, yeah, look, I I think that sometimes... um, Sometimes it can be, uh, especially when when so much of Everton's... uh, Fandom is 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 uh, I don't want to say limited, but but concentrated uh, in England uh, and in the UK and maybe just in Europe in general. Obviously, we know that there are Everton fans all over the world, um, but because there are Everton fans all over the world, um, there there is something about representation and seeing you know seeing players 
who are from cultural backgrounds that are similar to you from parts of the of your hemisphere, whatever you want to call it. Um, but as someone who, and, and I wrote an article, it's funny, I wrote an article uh, in the first issue of, of Turn, uh, for those of you who are familiar with the, the, the zine that uh, our friends Darren and, and yeah. Mike Diasha co-helm. Um, about uh, one of the about the fact that suddenly we'd begun to bring in more more diversity, but also more personality into the squad, and that was a couple of years ago. Um, I think that when and when I say vanilla squad, I guess that may have a double meaning, like oh, it's a bunch of white players. It's it's not necessarily the case. I mean, Everton have had. It's not like Everton are a team. We're not Burnley or something like that. I'm I'm not yeah. saying that. But what I am saying is that um, you know most of our players have primarily been from. Uh, Europe um, or or you know occasionally uh, African players um, with you know every now and then you'd have a Central American or a South American player here or there but suddenly to have this influx of players uh, I think personally and especially when in the social media age uh, that we're in now you see the the kind of lightness the humor the fun that that uh, that has been brought to our club by guys like Richarlison, uh, by Yerry Mean. I mean, he, you know, I, I don't know how anyone can dislike Yerry Mina, regardless of what play, kind of player you think he is. He's great in the community, but he also has a smile on his face. He is human sunshine. Um, and a lot of that is part of, you know, there is, there is something intrinsic to uh, Latin culture, which really does sort of celebrate uh, you know, some people can, 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 you know, take it as not being serious, but I, I think that they celebrate every day with the idea that, that whatever you're doing and that you're passionate about should be something that you have fun with, something that you should smile about, something that is worth uh, dancing for. Um, it's something that it, to me, it is, it is bringing color and vibrance to our squad uh, and to Everton and taking this very uh, distinctly English and, and uh, you know, <laughs> Scouse institution, whatever you want to call it, and, and kind of bringing it in some ways into focus uh, of being something that is even more worldly than it's been. Uh, and, and I think that's great because of just how passionate, and especially if when you consider our best players, if we sign Hamas Rodriguez, will be Hamas Rodriguez and Richarlison. Um, and, you know, and guys like uh, Yari Mina, we've got Bernard. Um, you know, we may be bringing in, if, if the Arias story is true, maybe another Colombian right back. I, I tend to feel that um, when you can plug into a very passionate fan base in that part of the world, that that kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, that kind of thing brings love back and it brings uh, attention back and passion back. And it's not only reflected on the players on the pitch, but also in the new fans that we can attract. Um, and so I, I think that uh, from that standpoint, having players who uh, are, we're, we're following their journeys while they learn English and they learn what being uh, living in Liverpool or man, you know, in the Northwest is like, I, I think we've all enjoyed that journey with them and, and we feel closer to it because of them. Uh, and, and, and as I've said before, diversity really truly is its own reward. And so I, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, wonderfully thought, mate. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's, that's probably Everson's biggest challenge, I think, as, as they move forward. And they, they do want to become a, you know, a super club in, in that sense one day. I think they, while they'll be keen to, to maintain that, that local identity and you know, that Scouse heritage, as you sort of put it there, to, to balance that with the you know being a club that's, that's identifiable around the world, I think the best way to do that is with players, as you mentioned there. You know, and I've seen people today tweeting the Everton fan services account saying, you know, why isn't the shirt available in Brazil? Why isn't it available in yeah. Europe? That's probably a conversation for for another time with people who are probably a little bit more business mind, a bit more business mind than the likes of, of me and you. But yeah, on, on. well, I was going to say beyond the money part of it too, it, it, it's. I, I want to see more Everton shirts in all parts of, in this part of the world. I, and, you know, especially here in the United States, um, where football is still kind of a niche sport compared to the big four, um, you know, having passionate Brazilian and Colombian audiences uh, doesn't just impact what happens in South America. It absolutely impacts, every, you know, the, the popularity and the visibility of Everton here. 
Um, I, you know, I'll go as far as to say that I, I don't want to stop at just being able to provide shirts. Um, if Hamas Rodriguez arrives here, um, you know, I, at some point there needs to be a Spanish language broadcast of games. There needs to be uh, a better website experience like you see with a lot of clubs where you can press on multiple nationalities on the site and really get a good, you know, Spanish or Portuguese language version uh, of, of our website. Um, the, you know, those things are, are a reflection of a club that is part of, you know, modern football, the 21st century, but that understands its audience is not limited to, uh, you know, one time zone and, and, and one language. And to me, uh, especially as we go into this exciting new era and the new stadium, uh, having a, a squad and a presence uh, that reflects the rest of the world can only be a good thing. I, I don't think that Everton will ever lose its quote unquote, you know, Scouse identity, English identity, because that's the historical root of Everton. If anything, it is exposing that identity to a greater part of the world. And so I think it has almost like a, uh, like a bi-directional sort of uh, impact in that um, we are showing the world what is so amazing and truly great about Everton. And the rest of the world is able to show us what is great about them and what they can add to that history and add to that to to the, the value of the club that goes way beyond just t-shirt sales you know and shirt sales yeah. you know. so that's 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 a bit poetic i'm, I'm sure but but and maybe a bit idealistic but that's just generally how i feel no i think it's, it's really important points and just one more thing i want to say on, on this we have just people you got any questions for, for me and rob before we go probably stand for about another 10 minutes or so uh, about signings about anything else uh, keep your transfer sagas that fell through at the last minute uh, coming in as well, uh, but just just very quickly on that that point, Rob, it feels as though Everton have almost explored and got roots in pretty much all corners of, of the world with links to players and tours they've done in, in the past. Maybe apart from from Latin America and South America, because they've had Tim Cahill with Australia. You know, earlier on, you know, a few years ago they had the likes of Lee Tai, you know, with, with the Asian marks as well. They've had Stephen P and R in Africa. They've had Tim Howard, Landon Donovan, obviously in North America. It feels as though this is probably the, the last part of the of the football and world, if you will, that the club haven't really explored as much as maybe maybe the other ones. And I think what you're saying there in regards to Everton, you know, being able to put forward a bit more, you know, Spanish speaking things and, and that sort of stuff. Not only does that promote Everton to that part of the world, it means that Everton can learn a lot more about the people in that part of the world as well and interact with people, how they sample their football and the best way of reaching that market. So I think it's, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's really important that Everton become more accessible to Latin America and, and South America in particular. And that's not just through selling the shirts there, it's through doing all those things that you said. Yeah. Well, and by the way, even if, even if you reject my uh, somewhat, uh, you know, idealistic approach to all of this um, from just a purely um, common sense perspective. Um, raising our profile in a part of the world that produces an inordinate amount of footballing talent is a great idea <laughs> because that, that ultimately enables us to do the things that we want to be able to do in regards to not only recruitment at a first team level like this, but you know, what, what become, what, what happens when suddenly we can create a pipeline to bring Academy players over on a more consistent basis from that part of the world or to create academies over there um, that, that, that help. um, that help produce potential talent there. I mean, that's, that's just how, that's just a way of, of thinking that, you know, other clubs uh, have, have been engaged in. And I think that we always frame uh, Everton's fortunes in terms of, of money. If we have more money, we can do things. But I think we found very painfully over the last few years, it's not just money alone, even though I'm glad we're spending it. It's not money alone that's going to make uh, us a, a great, you know, back to being what we once were. I, I think it's about being something A, different, and B, being a club that not only spends money, but uh, is forward thinking. And that's the thing about Everton. Historically, there is no club that has been more forward thinking in regards to the game of football historically. Look it up. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this and thinking I'm a homer, I am a homer, but uh, that, this, is, this is true. Um, I would love to see some of that real uh, uh, endeavor 
um, be, be established in regards to thinking about how we uh, make Everton an appealing, uh, an appealing club all over the world, um, but it's specifically in places where we can mine more football talent and mine more fans. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's a great way of putting it. Uh, we've got a, a few questions just to finish off, Rob. Uh, Craig Haywood has said, if these three are completed, do you think we'll have any more permanent transfers or will be a couple of loans? I, I have to say, Rob, I'll probably be surprised that it's spent much more money. I think it'll be a bit of wheeling and dealing and maybe someone right back in on loan, maybe a goalkeeper in on loan. I, can't, I couldn't really foresee much more than that. What about you? Yeah, um, you know, I think the only the only other two links that I've seen repeated multiple times um, from you know beyond these these three have been uh, Santiago Arias um, from uh, Atletico um, yeah, that yeah. Dominic King reported very strongly. We were in uh, you know in relatively deep discussions for, of course. Uh, we I just saw the other day he's tested positive for COVID, so now I'm absolutely convinced he's coming to us. Um, <laughs> and uh, th- but there have been some lighter links to uh, Diego. Da- is it Dalot? The Dalo? I don't know how to pronounce yeah, uh, yeah. his last name. He's Portuguese international at United. That's I-, I would probably be a little more attracted to that given his age uh, and the fact that you could with either of those you could probably do some sort of loan with an option. Uh, I think that's great. And th- but then but really the 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 primary ones have been Arias and then the other one uh, we've been linked several times to uh, Sergio Romero from uh, United uh, you guys know how I feel about the keeper situation uh, we absolutely need true competition whether that's Lossel or someone else um, Pickford is clearly in a position to be pushed for his uh, starting place in England and I I absolutely think that uh, the, the book should be opened. Uh, you know, the, the competition should be open. He'll, he'll start the season, obviously, but uh, I think that we need someone who can really push him uh, to, to be better. And so th- those are both situations where if you look at Romero, I don't think that would cost a ton of money, but it looks like he might be going to Villa. I'm not sure. Mm. And then you have, uh, you know, Arias, which it sounds like that would not be a, a prohibitive deal. Um, either way, I, I do feel like the club, you know, the club does have financial concerns. I think they probably overstated them a bit to make, you know, to help their negotiating stance in the market. Uh, they've, they've been creative, uh, and that's a testament to Marcel Brands, to, uh, to Carlo, to, to, you know, potentially to Bill Kinwright, uh, whoever is, you know, Ryan Etzev, whoever's doing all the, the string pulling behind the scenes. Um, but I, I think that you're right. Like, the, these three represent the big movement of, of, the, of the window. And again, I want to remind everyone if you had told me that we would be signing three significant midfield additions when I originally thought we might just be getting one you got it you got to be pretty satisfied with that I mean that's uh, again we all know what could go wrong um, but at the same time we can't just think that way I think we have to evaluate all we can do on the transfer show for instance or in, in most of these discussions before the season starts is evaluate the soundness of the idea the plan etc um, I think that there are definitely some pros and cons to the approach of these three that you can you can debate and we certainly have uh, but I also think uh, that the idea of adding quality and I've said this for months uh, the need to add instant contributors as opposed to people who would maybe be good in a couple of years. I mean, Everton need to be good while Carlo Ancelotti is here. And more specifically, we need to get, we need to find a way into Europe come hell or high water going into next season. I just think that's where we need to be as a club. Uh, I think that's the only way that we have a chance in hell of keeping Richarlison, I, though I'm banking on him being here for one more season. He will certainly have been impressed by these signings, you would imagine, uh, given, given who they are and the, the pedigree here. Um, but again, I, I think the idea of what they're doing right now is, is, is quite impressive. And uh, we've just got to hope, uh, hope for the best. And I know hope is a scary word for you guys, but uh, it, it's one <laughs> I'm trying to. I said this the other day, man, I'm, I'm trying to not be instantly cynical about all this. Uh, I've got the whole season to be cynical about it, but right now I'm not going to be cynical about it. So uh, that's, that's just generally my stance right now. But um, it's hard not to feel good. I am a little aggravated that we are finishing up this pod and we still don't have a, sign- a signing announced just because of the oh, fun no. of that. 
But they'll, you know, what, you know, we have found out in this hour that Messi is staying at Barcelona, which uh, is kind of sad to me because I was hoping to see him uh, play Everton at some point this season. But uh, I, I do expect that we'll be getting these announcements soon. And there's no, there's no solid reporting to suggest that anything is seriously wrong with the James Rodriguez situation. Um, you know, I think that the actually the silence in some ways is somewhat reassuring because you know that given his stature, we would have probably heard something more significant from someone more significant if there was something to be truly worried um, about. And I've probably just jinxed it, but and I'm sorry. <laughs> and, we, and we know as well, mate, that he's in the, the Titanic Hotel gym now, don't we? You know, as, as people have people found out on Twitter. So Yeah, it must be a sweet gym. Uh, you know, it's a nice floor. Uh, I, I, I'm amazed that, you know, the internet is amazing, Matt. You, you know, if you had said to me, hey, can you look up what the floor design of a gym and a hotel in Liverpool is? <laughs> Uh, I would have thought, well, I don't know. I mean, you might have to go to like a city planner or, or you know, some office. Uh, nope, nope, it's right there online because you never know when you're going to need something like that. So uh, hopefully we're not evaluating curtains or bed sheets anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> we can just get this deal done. But uh, credit to all of our, our uh, amateur sleuths out there. You are what make uh, Everton uh, social media and Twitter especially a magical, weird place. Yeah, wonderful stuff. Uh, we will leave it there. Uh, we've done almost 50 minutes here on the transfer show. Uh, really serious thanks to everyone who, who interacted with this today. Uh, we've had more people. Uh, we've had more people on than ever uh, in regards to this. Um, Thank you, guys. Thanks thanks very much for interacting. Uh, if we would just pass the 1,000 subscribers for the channel as well, as we did this as well. Which is really nice. So uh, thanks very much to everyone. Hey, for those yeah, of you who are listening, we do, we do cool stuff like this all the time, okay? So oh, just... yeah. Absolutely. Keep coming Absolutely. Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we're doing we're doing more of the shows on YouTube. It's dead easy. You know, now I've now I've figured out how to use Zoom. It's dead easy. You know, how to stream yeah. these. So yeah, we do more of this stuff live. We absolutely love interacting with people on this platform as well. It's always a it's always a great laugh. We're going to be keep doing more. If you want to hear more from us as well, just Rob, just quickly do that again. I don't think people saw that. Kissing there the Columbia go. Batch for luck here, and uh, wishing all of you a. Gary Mina kind of day. <laughs> there, there we go. We'll, we'll leave it there. But we'd also do podcasts, of course, as well. And we've got tons of stuff out on the Blue Room Extra this week. Uh, me and Mike Biasha, yeah, probably my favorite show we've done for a long time. Spoke to the Guardians and the Spanish football podcast, Sidlo, who is the absolute doyen when it comes to anything on Spanish football. He spoke so well about Hammers and what Edison could potentially be getting. He generously gave us half an hour of his time which is no mean feat given what's going on with Lionel Messi at the moment in Spain. So thanks very much to everyone for, for, for getting involved. Do go and check that out. If you want to hear more from us, it's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Uh, we'll be back again at the start of next week with more content. Have a good weekend. Don't panic too much about transfers. I'm sure it's all going to be absolutely fine. Uh, we'll speak to it again very soon here. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.